welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Mike Allen, as always, I'm joined by... A sick Joshua Mervell. <laughs> and today we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from July of 1988. Suck it up, it's just a pandemic, you'll it's get over fine. it, okay. And <laughs> joining real. us this week is G.I. Jolie. Hi, I'm real, sort of. Oh. Yes. Sort of. And Bex Luthor. I am just a figment of your imagination and also mm-hmm. just a conspiracy theory. I'm not real. Actually, but also, yeah. I, I am. I am also a lizard. I think you're the only one that hasn't had COVID, right? No, I haven't had COVID. Jo- okay, no, Josh allegedly has not had COVID. Beck has not had COVID, which proves it's all alleged? conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, you did? It's- the real, this is the real conspiracy theory. I tease, theory. I tease, I make jokes. Okay. <laughs> Josh is lying to us about not having COVID, even though he, there's no matter. reason. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's the way these conspiracies work. Okay. Right. So, Something about a pizza place. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this week we are here to talk about Spider-Man in July 1988. But Josh is <laughs> I don't sick. know why. I thought you were like... This week we're here to talk about Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Big surprise, everybody. Don't jump the gun yet. You don't know what I'm gonna say. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna switch it up this week. Oh, God. So who's gonna summarize Web of Spider-Man this week? Is it G.I. Jolie? Oh, me, me, please, me. Woo! Cult of Love number one. G.I. Jolie, tell us what the deal is with this issue. Okay. What's the deal, man? What is the deal? What's indeed? the deal with all these spiders? <laughs> Yeah, with <laughs> um, the deal is this cover is awesome. Um, anyway, so we start off. Wow, I haven't uh, had to recap one of these in a long time, so I'm like, a minute. or like literally recap anything for a while, so I'm a little rusty. So anyway, um, I think Flash is looking for Betty. Mm-hmm. In front of the Daily Bugle, and or he's like they're waiting for each other. Maybe they're going out for lunch, whatever. But just as he's walking up to meet with Betty, uh, he sees Betty speaking to a blonde man, and some would say very Aryan-like. Mm. Um, but Betty's like, no, nah, he's just a nice guy. He won't tell. She won't tell him. Do you not think he's nice, Parker? Mm-hmm. He's right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Sorry. I think you're wrong. <laughs> uh, he just has to put his two cents in. I'm sorry. I know. He's like, no, Josh usually does web. Stop. <laughs> None of this makes sense. What's happening? <laughs> so anyway, um, cut to Spidey, who happens to just be swinging around and notices <clears throat> that he's right by Betty Brant's. Uh, apartment and he's like you know what ever since she went off the deep end i haven't seen her in a while because i'm a bad friend and i should go visit her because oh look there's a shadow in the window so he goes sorry he finds a place to change and then he goes into the apartment and discovers that it's not betty that he sees it's a real estate agent and she confuses or she uh, mistakes him for somebody who's there to buy the apartment. All of Betty's things are still there. Um, it's it's just being sold mm-hmm. or uh, listed as is. And uh, she shades the lamp uh, as kind of tacky and Pete's like, well, I gave them that lamp. 
<laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Um, so anyway, he thinks this is kind of suspicious. Like, Betty wouldn't just, like, up and leave without, like, telling anybody. Um, so he decides <clears throat> that he's going to go swinging away and looking for her. But just as he's doing that, he don- redons his costume heads back to the bugle because maybe she's there or maybe somebody there has answers he hasn't seen her in the office lately um he finds flash outside and he's in the middle of an altercation with our Aryan friend uh he kind of busts up the fight and uh tells flash look this guy's like if he has anything to do with betty uh, disappearing, I'll figure it out. I'm Spider-Man. I'm here to help. Betty's my friend too. Um, or I'm familiar with Betty. I'm not, I can't really remember what Spider-Man's relationship with, uh, Betty is. He dated her. Yeah, he dated no, her. No, Spider-Man. Not oh, Spider-Man. Oh. Cause he's like telling Flash, like, I'll look for her. Oh it's like, yeah. He saved her, uh, okay. I think like a few times over the years and Betty, okay. they like, in the same sense as like how MJ knows Spider-Man in the original like Sam Raimi movies. It's kind of that sort Got of relationship. Okay. So th- he's like part of the super civilian team that are friends of Spider-Man. Or they can say to people, hey, I kind of know that guy. Anyway, uh, so he goes back, it goes into the bugle Um he, he goes into the bugle? Yes, he does. And he goes right to... Oh, what is her name? Joy... Not Joy. Kate. The, Kate? Kate yeah, Cushing. the city, city editor. He's like... Uh, oh, sorry. Before he does that, he confronts the blonde guy and says, who gives him like a pamphlet for this thing called the Cult of Love. He's like, okay, this is weird. Um... She, I, I I can't tell if whatever. Sorry, I I read this while I was trying to eat a hero, and like <laughs> my mind is a fog. Anyway, Kate's like, "Whoa, this is the second time in my life that this has come up. This mm. cult of love. My sister was also recruited into this cult. She tells Peter it's a cult. Um, she calls Ben Urich into the office." And she sends them out on the case. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Flash doesn't buy. Flash is the one with the red hair, right? Yes. So Flash doesn't buy the Spidey's gonna look for her, and he really is bent on finding Betty. Uh, so he looks everywhere. He f- is able to spend most of his day weirdly following or tailing this blonde guy and he tails him into like an abandoned building where inside is the what do they call themselves the students of love that's it i was like the group of love the students of love um which i mean i'm kind of into this is funny they all wear you're getting sucked uh, in to the call uh no I'm oh. not. Just their aesthetic, oh. which is like blue, one piece, like two piece, <laughs> three piece suits and candles, only candles and knives. Lots, lots of knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, lots of knives. And like not even just um, like hunting knives, like 
small <laughs> sickle like daggers which is like okay that's a choice uh one of them looks like a kitchen knife anyway they it's like a pocket get, knife in there i think right yeah <laughs> i mean gotta use what you have available to you but um they are able to corner uh flash but just as they do that spider-man bursts in and saves him and they kind of uh they take down this group of students of love and uh uh, Peter, but b- but our main Aryan friend gets away, and uh, Spider Man. I should say Spider Man, not Peter, because that would get very confusing. Um, Spider Man is like, oh, we can't let him get away, but we do have to tail him. Like Flash wants to get him, but he's like, no. If we get him, like if we really get him, we can't follow him to where everybody is, and like that'll blow our sort of way to get into where Betty is. Um, he is able to follow, makes a really cute joke too, about New Jersey. Um, but he's able to follow them or a van that they get in. He gets away in to the compound where, where he sees Betty sleeping. He, he like waits, he sees her gardening at first because like all good cults, uh, it's all about sustainability, right? Sus- uh, um, yeah, it's a self, it's a self-sustaining cult. So they have to garden their own food. You always get a shot of the person who you're looking for in the cult farming carrots or cucumbers, which is looks like Betty's got tomatoes or basil. I'm not sure, but he waits for the cover of night, and he sneaks into the compound, and. Uh, and tells Betty he's here to rescue her, uh, which wakes her up. He's like, I know that, you know, what does he say? Um, I've come to get you, come to get you. Uh, he tells her that Flash and Pete have sent him. She screams, which alerts the guards of the students of love. And everyone wakes up and, uh, that's where the book ends or that that's where this part of it all ends anyway. So I'm not sure what other thoughts people have about it, but <coughs> I've been reading, I've been listening to a lot of true crime lately. I'm into it. I love a good cult. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say, uh, I mean, this is the, I think this, I know that in the eighties when this was published, this was a hot topic of the day is cults, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how prevalent they are now, but it was like one of those things. Yeah, you'd see on like 60 Minutes about people getting basically, not kidnapped, but sort of sucked into cults and the FBI would have to try and sneak in and get them out. So it was probably like... Dungeons and Dragons. What's that? Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, so yeah, definitely a topical story. Um, I thought it was cool. If anything, I thought it was almost too dense. Like, even though I know this is part one of a four-part story, but I felt like this issue itself needed more space Mm. but other than that i enjoyed it for sure um what do you think josh yeah it definitely feels like a part one i did enjoy it um yeah it feels like a part one though there's a lot of kind of like information at the start um i really like that they don't have spider-man fighting just random goons or anything like that just to have like big fight sequences it feels like everything that needed to be in here was in here and nothing there's no like 
extra fluff. Right. Good point. Which is which is really great because because like you said, it is a kind of a dense story and a dense comic. So mm-hmm. um, it was for having a lot of information. It was pretty like straight to the point with everything that happened, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Bex Luther. Uh, yeah, I'm with Jolie. I love a good cult. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with 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 cult true crime stuff. Um, yeah, f- fun fact: um, most cults not actually Dungeon and Dragon related, but um, kind of Christianity based. <laughs> Hilariously <laughs> enough, what a coincidence! God wants <laughs> you to farm and give all your worldly possessions to one very rich white man. Um, <laughs> it's weird Every how it always ends time. up with that. Yeah. yeah, so crazy. Um, no, I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed that they were like, okay, so Betty has gone off the deep end. What can we do with this character? Let's write a story about it. Like, it's it's kind of one of those first times where since Ned has died, they're like, oh, maybe maybe something could happen to Betty now that she's horribly traumatized by her husband's mm-hmm. death. So I think that's cool. Um, I love a good Flash Thompson Spidey team up. That's I love Flash Thompson's hero worship of Spider Man, and his just like absolute like shut the fuck up, Peter Parker. Stands right, like stop right. being a wimp, Peter. Anyway, be more like my best friend Spider Man. Great. <laughs> like I love that. Um, which actually I just rewatched No Way Home. And it's so funny that that Flash Thompson is so obsessed with Spider-Man and mm-hmm. hates Peter so much, too. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was really interesting. The 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 panel of the the week is definitely when everyone's in the bugle and they're all, like, talking about six different conversations. <laughs> yes. And she just screams for Ben, and then it's, it's just... Great. Everyone stops, and he's like, uh-oh. And they're like, ooh, you're in trouble. Like, I, that's, it gave such a feeling. I love it. That was it. definitely, that page is so good. There's yep. some great stuff in the Bugle, uh, which mm-hmm. is surprising, because normally that's the stuff that is just, like, so agonizing and so painful to read. Um, like, when she's, like, looking at the business card, and it's kind of like a silent panel, and then the mm-hmm. next one, Peter's just like, Kate, like, everything okay? And yep. then later on, after she kind of, like, tells Peter to leave, we kind of see like a couple of panels where she breaks character and she mm-hmm. calls the police to report Betty missing. Like there's some really cool stuff in the bugle. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it goes right from her, from Peter going, Oh, thanks for caring Kate. And she's like, I don't care. There's a story in there. And he's like, okay. And then she immediately calls the police because yeah, she great. generally mm-hmm. gives a shit. I love that shift in her and Jay Jonah's character when they're like, obviously like this hard, mm-hmm. like very, very, shelled off person but they are generally a good person underneath i love that give me more of that more kate cushing background please <laughs> mm-hmm. so gia julie what all what did you think of it you, you enjoyed it uh yeah i i mean i really want to know what the cult of love is like mm-hmm. um they clearly all have uh, there's like different kinds they're <laughs> that i that i'm aware of we've got the adventists <laughs> who all sleep with one dave crush uh, or whoever that those types are, they all sleep with the one leader. Um, let's see. And then we have the types that Becca had talked about. Um, maybe not that who are kind of like a combination of an end of days and uh, a Dave Crush sex cult, but like they give their worldly possessions and maybe the world is ending. Who knows? And then you have this one where they all have matching jumpsuits and dorms for the women and dorms for the men. And uh, 
this is very like last season of I know no one's watching it anymore, but Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like mm-hmm. the Commonwealth. Um, we all know that there's a seedy underbelly, but like it's called the cult of love. Um, wh- how? Why? Why? Why is this bad? Who knows? I feel like uh, I feel like this is the Spider-Man story. I was born to read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's right up my alley. I honestly, I was, I was so shocked that they like that they. This is the issue. I was like, whoa, like, sorry, not that this is the issue. It's like an issue at all that they mm-hmm. would write about this um, in in Spider Man comics. It's like super dope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a genuinely interesting story that I'm I'm excited to read the next one of, and I feel like that's not the case often with some yeah. of these issues. It's like a one-off and you're like, cool, that was cool. And then the next week is a three-parter that I don't really care about. But this one, mm-hmm. I'm just generally like, it's characters we know and they're like dealing with something and it's cool and interesting. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't remember them dealing with cults or anything like on a human level. I mean, mm-hmm. um, in other books, I mean, the four of us are really, I would say we're pretty well read and I don't remember anyone doing anything. Uh, like this like it's always like a plot line in in some television shows and there's always a little bit of crossover into comic books but it's like to be in 1980s spider-man i'm just like i'm kind of floored and kind of living Mm -hmm. and to be done well like this is not like a psa which is pretty nice and this feels like yeah it could be an episode of a tv show from the late 80s it just happens to be in a spider-man comic right yeah Mm -hmm. So, and you'll notice, I think when they went to the Daily Bugle, there was no J. Jonah Jameson, was there? No. no I, so think they, he, I think he's still doing Now Magazine, right? Okay. But so they avoided that kind of trope. Yeah, but right. Now Magazine, and isn't that connected or something? I think it's in the same building, but I don't think okay. J.J. has worked in the Bugle offices for a while. Mm-hmm. And they're sticking to the continuity of uh, Robbie Robertson being in the hospital, right? Right, So she's right. kind of taken over uh, the right. Bugle for a bit. I don't think they actually say that, but it was it's definitely a nice touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, were you going to say, say something, Jolie? No, I just I'm looking at the the page right now where he gets there, and it's just like I didn't even consider that because mm-hmm. every time he goes into the Daily Bugle, because he doesn't work there, right? That's the continuity as well as that he's not really a photographer there. He's anymore. a freelancer. Well, he's a freelancer. He's always been a freelancer, and Robbie Robertson has been encouraging him to find other work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he's been doing less and less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the moment he like the he, instead of like just showing us a panel where he's like right in somebody else's office like Robbie or uh, JJJ he just like struts right over to to Kate's office and she's like mm-hmm. well if it isn't Scoop Parker mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just really I uh, like Becca said I really enjoyed all the Kate stuff too like right mm-hmm. yeah what is it about this is- issue that's like like it's like speaking to me everyone is very well written yeah. Flash is great. Peter is great. Spider Man is great. The 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 puns, the jokes. Like mm-hmm. uh, I think you were saying, Jolie, when he was following them, uh, when he was on top of the van, and I think he says, um, he's like, uh, 
Wow, oh. people people out here in New Jersey must be really poor. They can only afford ho- they can't afford houses, only big gates and fancy driveways. Yeah. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah, and then right before that he's like, So and so Spider-Man was lost in the wilds of New Jersey forever. The end. Like, that is my inner narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, it's no surprise to me because it's the same writer as The Death of Gene DeWolf and The Return of the Sin Eater. But anyway, Peter David, back at it again. Okay, we're not going to talk about that anymore. So bitter. Uh, okay, so I recommend this issue. I'm assuming G.I. Jolie, you do. Oh, absolutely. Like, if someone who I knew listened to true crime or enjoyed true crime asked me what kind of Spider-Man books, that, like, this is, this, is the, this is the book I recommend. Like, All right. God, if if they asked me like if they should read Spider Man, I said and I said well not all of it but hey there is this one issue, a three part where he takes on a cult, then yeah read these ones you'll really enjoy them because you have very specific interests. I mean there's now there's really something for everybody here. They just like frogs, um, cults. <laughs> Do they do horses yet? Uh, yeah, they must. Remember the cowboy with the horse pictures yes, in the wall? Right. right. Okay, Josh, you recommend this one? Yeah, it's a good one. I like it. Woo! Bex Luther. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the the other thing I was going to mention is is the cover happens in the comic book. Yes, good point. <laughs> good point. It is just a different perspective of a scene that happens. Mm-hmm. I, I, love, these days. I love how many knives are in this co- on this cover. Mm-hmm. There's right. so many. There's so many and knives. It's just. Well, man, like, they don't believe in guns, I guess, from the students of love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they definitely believe in stabbing. Yeah, it's a really aggressive yeah. cover. Like, the glass is shattered and sharp and falling on them. Uh, uh, Flash is about to get stabbed by three different people at once. Yep. It's, I only yeah, wish it, it weren't all blue. I would have liked some more color. Yeah, but that's fair. Whatever. Okay, now we're going to move on to Amazing Spider-Man number 302. I was hoping you would advance more. I'm not ready. (laughs) Want me to talk some more? Um, Chaos in Kansas. No one will stop me from having my revenge. No one. This is Todd McFarlane. Um, Will you talk about this cover now? Yeah, Yeah, let's talk about this cover. It's cool. Yeah, Spidey's costume is all like... It's weird because it seems to be Spidey's costume only, but the yeah. way the fingers are making the thwip makes it seem like his hand is in that glove. So uh, it's hard yeah. to tell. And is that? Do we see that robot hand? I don't think um, so. It's, it's, like it's, it's on the guy near the end. But I think it doesn't has... even look like that. It's red, isn't it? His uh, his one glove is red, I think. And oh, the other one, he doesn't have are. a hand. He doesn't have a glove on the other one. Oh, yep. You know what? This cover's not in the, the book. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. The The hand isn't there. Um, he's never not in his costume or anything. I mean... But it's, it kind of looks cool, I guess. Yeah, maybe if they colored the the, the hand red, too, it might not be as <clears throat> yeah, cool maybe. for the Spider-Man. True, right? yeah. But... Just do it all blue, then. <laughs> anyway. yeah yeah it would have been so, cool if it, the whole cover was blue you're right it was just blue and there were more knives <laughs> more knives <laughs> all blue. more cult members yeah there's all cult members at this weird 
not university. But anyway, so we, we start back out with last issue, Peter Parker was offered a job by some guy that we've never seen before who got a recommendation from Kurt Connors. And so this this job is a science scientist, scientist job in Kansas. So Peter is taking a trip to Kansas to go visit the facilities and take a tour and everything. So what's his name? Uh, Martin Jacoby. That's his name. He's ready to show Peter around at all this science the the dudes doing science at the science facility um we don't really know what they do he's like you have free reign to pursue projects and (laughs) i'm like but how do you make like money how does how do you support this he he keeps saying that they're online but like I don't believe you. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean in the context of 1988? Like, mm-hmm. anyway, but Peter seems it means like plugged really into a wall ex- online, right? Yes. You, yes, there's a computer and is involved. <laughs> but Peter seems really excited about it. Um, he seems to like everything that this guy is showing him, and we get a couple wide shots of the campus, and then as um, I keep saying campus, it's not a university; it's just a big building full of scientists. Which is kind of a university. Um, so then there's a little kerfuffle happening outside where one of the um, scientists is yelling at the foreman of the construction company for being too loud and making too much noise, even though they're building a building. So I'm not on your side here, mate. Um, but then it turns out that something's going awry and what happens? There's like a big crash. I don't know what's going on. It's, oh, the acetylite torch backed up and blew. Okay, something's happening. Explosion. And then this foreman guy. Yeah, yeah. something caught on fire. Shockingly, I don't know anything about that. Um, Yeah, so big catastrophe. Everybody needs to to get out. The foreman, who was just getting yelled at, um, we get a nice close-up panel of him telling everyone to evacuate the area. And in all the, the the kerfuffle, Peter slips away. So he's and he's glad he put he brought his Spider-Man costume to this weekend trip. So he dons his Spider-Man costume. And he goes out and sees what kind of help he can he can give. But before he can even do anything, he sees some guy zipping and zooming around and getting people out and just making sure that not too much destruction happens. And it's the extremely handsome foreman from the. the <laughs> who loses his shirt somehow but I am not complaining um, and he watches as this guy is super fast and super strong and gets rid of all the fire and like I didn't think throwing insulation on flames would smother them but that's what happens what, isn't it flammable? Or is, I, it, is it I don't know I'm not sure if it is. Is it not flammable? Is it specifically not flammable? Anyway, again, don't know anything about that. Back to Mr. Handsome. Um, and then all of a sudden, this guy and Spider-Man lock eyes, they see each other. And they were both trying to not be noticed. Because obviously mm-hmm. Peter doesn't want people to question why Spider-Man's suddenly in Kansas. And clearly this guy has superpowers and doesn't want people to know. So after all that's taken care of, um, Peter goes back to Jacoby and... They part ways. We go back to inside the building where the scientist guy who was yelling at the construction workers is building some sort of laser finger blaster. It explodes <laughs> oh, a rocket. Not the yeah. finger blaster. What oh, else no. is it? More finger blasters. Oh, no. And so he is clearly angry about something and he's going to be the villain for this issue. 
as you can tell from the zoomed in dark panel. <laughs> so, and then we go back to New York because Silver Sable is doing something, apparently. <laughs> Very- very important. She sent the wild pack on a um, mission to go find, I believe it's that Nazi guy from before, right? Franz Krauss. I'm just assuming it's the Nazi. I don't actually remember, yeah. but it's just the German name. He's probably the, the Nazi guy who's trying to kill her, right? right? Yeah. Um, so she sent her group, and only one of them ended up being, coming back. So she's like, ah, crud. I guess I'll have to um, hire a special operative, and we don't know who that is. So then we go back to Kansas. And handsome foreign guy is um, playing football with his kids and his beautiful wife in his short shorts and cut off tank top. His cut off porky pig Mm. tank top. (laughs) Sorry, got really distracted for no reason. Oh yeah, yeah. Red hat. Which is which I think is arguably even more unhinged. (laughs) It might be like a knockoff of both. You could both be right. Oh. Yeah, so he's playing football with his kids, and then his kids and his wife go inside, and Spider-Man shows up on his roof, and he spots him, and Spy- and so Spider-Man wasn't actually planning on being spotted by this guy. He was going there to snoop, but this guy has some sort of tingle sense, so he sensed Spidey was looking at him, and eventually this guy's like, oh my god, um, thank god you're here, Spider-Man. I have to tell somebody my secret backstory, so we get his secret backstory, because... <laughs> as soon as you meet another superhero, you have to tell them your whole backstory. That's the law. Um, so basically, what happened was, if this guy is Spider-Man, but a rabbit. Um, I love it. He got bit by a radioactive jackrabbit. And now has all of the strength and proportionate abilities of a jackrabbit. Which means he's very fast, and he has good kicks. <laughs> he kicks real hard. So I guess, yeah, he was on a construction site, and then this radioactive jack rabbit got loose and bit him, and now he's super, super fast. So Peter's like, uh, cool. So, like, what, are you doing anything with your superpowers? And he's like, not really. I, like, have a good job. I love my wife and kids. I'm, like, pretty happy. This is kind of a big inconvenience for me, because if people found out, like, who knows what'll happen to me. And Peter doesn't get it. He's like, so you don't want to, like, do anything? And he's like, no, I have a great life. I don't want to ruin that. I don't want to put my family in danger. And it's just a really interesting juxtaposition between him and Peter, mm-hmm. right? Which right. is, I think, the point of the story. So then Peter swings off after talking to this guy whose name is, is Wes. And then we go back to New York where Sandman, I guess, sure, is in an apartment and Silver Sable shows up and she's like, I need you, Flint Marco. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. All right. I guess Sandman's back, baby. <laughs> so yeah, after that little interlude, we go back to Kansas kind of where Mary Jane's calling Peter to ask him how his day was and everything. And he tells her everything's going on. And then, like, I love this place. This place is so cool. Oh, my God. Can't wait to start my new science job in Kansas when we move to Kansas. <laughs> and she looks very upset about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after the phone call, we go back to um, Mr. Jacoby, who's sitting in his mm-hmm. office. And someone knocks on the door. And he's like, come in. And the guy just completely destroys the wall and just comes right in. And he's like... Dr. Nero, what are you doing? What the hell? And he's like, I'm getting my revenge because 
reasons. <laughs> He's like, what, this guy, like, his, his, he used to work for the government, and the government didn't like how destructive his, like, threat, his defensive stuff was. I don't know. So they didn't fire him. He just got retired or something. But he's decided that he's going to take his revenge out on everybody now. Even though nothing, like, he's got a nice job still. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> like, so that's all happening so peter's like oh my god i guess i gotta suit up a spider-man again and fight this one-off villain so he goes and he sets up a spider-man and he starts fighting this random guy who has no motivation at all whatsoever and pretty easily defeats him i would think but then at one point this guy blows off his like supersonic <clears throat> sound thing and it 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 takes Spider-Man out. He's like on the ground. He's like, oh my god, somebody help me. And then he looks over and he's like, Wes, you, help me, Spider-Man. And Wes <laughs> is like, no, I don't want to do that. If I do that, everyone else will know I have superpowers and then my family will be in danger. And Peter's like, all right, and then just saves himself anyway. <laughs> so, um, and then Wes apologizes. He's like, sorry, Spider-Man, I couldn't. And Peter's like, I know. I might have done the same thing if I'd have been in, born in your shoes. We do what we have to, all of us, and then we live with it. And I'm like, leave this man alone. <laughs> he doesn't owe you anything. Just because he can do something doesn't mean he has to. You're the one who chose to be a vigilante. Whatever. This dude gets arrested, and Peter is, like, super excited about getting this job. He goes back to New York, hugs Mary Jane, and Mary Jane's like, I don't want to move to Kansas. And then the issue ends. <laughs> mm, so they're probably going to split up. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Peter's going to move to Kansas, and the rest of Amazing Spider-Man is Spider-Man in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's just start off by talking about Jack Rabbit Man, who I researched. Um, he never appears again. That's so sad. Interesting. Yeah, never. Um, but you think they would do something with him. Like, why not, right? It's, like, it, you spend so much time constructing the most handsome man you can and give him some <laughs> sick powers, and then you do nothing with him? Right. It's it's like they brought back the spot. They brought back, um, who else did they bring back, guys? Help me out. Deborah oh. Whitman. They brought back, um. Yeah, they brought back a bunch of, like. Everybody else. Everybody. Yeah. Slide, but they don't bring back Jack Rabbit guy, whatever his name is. Um, he didn't get it. He didn't give himself a superhero name because he didn't want one. His true. name's Wesley. Yeah. Just Jack Rabbit is a cool superhero yeah, name. Yeah, very. Yeah, like, this is just one sweet. of those weird stories that just, yeah, it just comes and goes. You forget about it. But I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, in the context of this larger story, I think it's fine. Um, I had no issues with it. I, I liked, I, you know, the art. Is a li it's last issue was sloppy. This one's a little bit better. I liked McFarlane's depiction of Mary Jane when she's reacting on the phone, right? Yeah. I love that. I thought she was great. Like the it's a good fit. Yeah, definitely. But um, that hand, what is that? When she's on the phone, yes. it's um, we call that in the industry we call that the Seto Kaiba hand. It's when I don't know if anyone's ever watched Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> But right, in the anime Yu-Gi-Oh, um, Seto Kaiba constantly has hands that look broken all the time. So. <laughs> no, it's funny because, like, I can understand me as a kid being, like, distracted and, like, not noticing that hand. But now I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the Christ is that? You're right. It looks terrible. In her fact, wedding ring's on her pinky. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
and it's on the right hand. Even if you go to the panel above it, like, you know, she's in this like sexy pose or whatever, but look at the hand on the phone. It just looks like a broken hand, like on this like weird non-accurate phone. It's really sloppy. Mm-hmm. Who needs sexy hands when you got legs for days? Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, also like, it's it's clear that McFarlane, I know, McFarlane is a terrible hands and feet mm-hmm. man. Because like, he has anatomy down, sort of. That is not at all like if he, I mean, let's speak to the same panel of Mary Jane. Um, well, okay, before I do that, I thought the issue was fine. Anyway, okay. moving on to the art. So, like, the way her boobs sit in that, it's a jacket. Like, Yeah, that's not... The You're contour right. of not... a woman's breast would never be outlined in that way. She got boob pockets in that jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. And she has... <laughs> underneath her boob pockets are rib pockets. And then... <sighs> If you move down towards her feet, where are her toes? <laughs> like the shoe is, the shoe is wrong. The shape of the foot is wrong. Um, th- th- and this is speaking from somebody who has trouble uh, drawing feet and hands, knowing that they're the shape that they should be, even being unable to render them. Like that's terrible. The left foot is bad. Mm-hmm. And the well, right foot is parts of it are redeeming. But why would why would Mary Jane wear like flats? Like, okay. Here's the thing. Um, you know, when I was this came out in 88, so I would have been 12. Uh, I thought McFarlane was a god, but obviously as I got older, I realized how um, flawed his anatomy was. I still think he's a great artist, but looking back in a perfect world, a Marvel editor would have said, listen, you've got promise, but you need to continue learning anatomy and perspective and whatever else, right? Like you still need training. And they should have said, listen, we'll pay you. For a year to get more training. And they should have done the same thing with Rob Liefeld, who draws like a teenager, right? Mm. All these guys, I mean, Eric Larson, terrible artist. He has promise, but he's still terrible. Um, but those three guys, I mean, Jim Lee is fine. Will Sportasio is fine. And uh, what's the other one? Um, Probably. Mark Silvestri is fine. No. I'm thinking about the image guys. Jim Valentino is a whole other thing. But Mike like Turner. those... Michael Turner. Oh, well, those are like after. Like, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about the three, uh, like the, the the seven founders of Image. Half of them, you know, couldn't draw. But um, and then unfortunately, like you just mentioned, Michael Turner. Then you have a generation of people that imitate the Image guys. So they're not even. It's not bad even art. Sorry. Like I'm just gonna say, they're not even bad artists. They're bad artists imitating bad artists. And sorry, what were you gonna say? Well, it's not even that. Um, well, it's it's sort of kind of lousy that they're imitating them and also just um re oh god they're teaching each other how to draw right by copying um images that their mentors have created instead of learning actual human anatomy right from real life and musculature Mm. and the folds of fabric and how costuming rests like how apparel rests on the human body. Like, I, it's just, 
like goes beyond 101 it's just it's just weird that like that would be allowed there That's are the point. some brilliant self-taught people who yeah, work like George in very, Perez is self-taught yeah He's who work in a very stylized manner like Jeff Lemire it's not photo accurate or perfect mm-hmm. but it's detailed enough that it's believable and is gorgeous because it has its own style its own distinct style and it's like this goes beyond like McFarland. it's not even distinct style for me it's just like well i think at the time i mean it was fairly distinct compared to everything else and that's why yes. it was so popular um i mean there was you know art adams and michael golden but this stood out at the time but yeah um Still, I think the the editors should have had enough. I don't know what the word is, but they should just like I said, it's, it's like I don't want to think about sports, but mm. even Michael Jordan, from my limited knowledge of basketball, he still there was a point in early in his career where he could not score. Uh, what are they called? Uh, free throws. So he had to practice. Okay, guys, see you later. I'm gonna go practice every night until I'm good. And that's what it should have been. I said, look, McFarlane, you're a great artist, but you have to practice anatomy. Like you have to. That's it. Or you can't draw Spider-Man. Like, why would they give this guy Spider-Man? I mean, he, sure, he tricked me, but... Because like, he can make deadlines. That's I, yeah. the thing, right? I well, it's it more than that. Because you also have to think, too, that this is like a monthly turnaround. And they're, like, chasing the clock, right? It's not like they have these set months in advance where they have time to, like, catch up, right? It's like the it's like a month turnover. Of course. But look at Sal Buscema's anatomy. It's flawless, right? True. But I think I personally, I don't know. I don't disagree with anything you guys have said about uh, McFarland's anatomy and the fact that he's young and a lot of his stuff is sloppy at this time. But I think that nobody comes close to his storytelling in the comics. No, I was going to say, I before Josh made a comment about his storytelling, I definitely agree that he's a great storyteller yeah like the, his panels are so fun everything is dynamic even if things feel off it's interesting to look at so mm-hmm. while i do see the flaws in it i overlook it because it's so much more interesting than six yeah, exact same panel sizes on a page and i'm just kind of seeing what's happening as if i'm reading a book but this it feels more alive like things are happening I, I could feel the movement more in his comics. I can feel the emotion. Um, I, that, to me, is where McFarlane really shines. Is Yeah, is that storytelling through his art. Well, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, mm-hmm. So I do love... Yeah. I still love McFarlane. Like, when I was a yeah. kid, I was obsessed. I'm just trying to figure out why they weren't more strict with him. But, like, you know, you want to talk about storytelling. Even the moment where the Jackrabbit guy, when he sees Spider-Man, right, up on the the ledge of like the building mm-hmm. and they just McFarlane draws those cl- the, the extreme close-up of the guy looking up and Spider-Man looking down. That's something that Alex Saviak or Sal Buscema would not have thought of. The, there's so right? much great stuff in it. Like, like it, one of the, one of the pages, all of the panels are being held together by webs. Mm-hmm. How Which is, page that, is never, that? Uh, I don't have the page numbers, Okay, but it's um when he's fighting the guy in the suit, Okay. Um, there's only three big panels on the page, and in the middle, the everything is held together by webs. Right. I see that. Yeah. You're like right. it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, like a couple of pages later, he punches him. Uh, Spider-Man punches the guy and breaks the glass canister that's around his head, and the panel itself has mm-hmm. has action lines as if the panel 
has mm. like slid across the page as Spider-Man's fist is like swinging and you know hitting this tank exploding it and the the glass is like flying off of the panel it it's just so uh dynamic and fun to read mm-hmm. and you know okay you know what then i'm going to give you a point because it proves that even though i think he still has had something to learn at the end of the day he like you can make fun of comic book art you make you can make fun of McFarlane but he's an artist yeah like he, he may be a jabroni jock which he is but he is still an artist <laughs> and he's still being creative and he's still having fun and he's still experimenting right mm-hmm. so well there's also the page where right after um Wes looks at Spider-Man and Spider-Man looks back at him the page after that where Peter's webbing goes past the panel to like underneath and then re into the, the the panel above and it's this he does these this panel work this panel work McFarlane's panel work is is an art in itself I think mm-hmm. yeah maybe his anatomy is not the best but I think some of the the, the way he constructs the story some yep. of the best mm-hmm. it's just like and then the pages with um Silver Sable the borders of the panel are extensions of New York City mm-hmm. that's, yeah that's you're right. great. Mm-hmm. And it, it 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 the way that those panels work, it brings you out of the story in a way that's not jarring because it's so different from the one that you just read. It's like he's cha- like doing a scene change and mm-hmm. then we're going back mm-hmm. and it flows nice. The flow is really good. Yeah, Mary Jane looks fucking weird, but <laughs> the movement of her body that makes you easy to read the the text just flows in a big like Z. The, the Peter holding the little webbing of Mary Jane. It's so loving and tender and, and, and these little moments. They're, it's just, it's a joy to read. Even in a story that I, I didn't really find it that interesting because I don't care about this one-off villain guy. Mm. But at least, like, it's like eye candy, right? Like, mm-hmm. speaking of eye candy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> this guy's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the thing, too, is, like, I mean, you could argue that it's just style over substance, but at the same time, it is a visual medium, right? And in a movie, you can have shitty cinematography or you can have good cinematography. So in in, in this comic book, you know, it's like you said, uh, you know, Spider-Man's webs are going between panels and they're coming out of the panels and the guy you know, getting his face smashed, the glasses popping out of the panels and New York is 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 part of the design of the panel. So... How can you criticize that? It makes it interesting to read, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so I guess I can say I recommend this issue. Even though the story's not spectacular, I think it's definitely a solid issue and another one that I think anyone would enjoy. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I kind of agree. I, I think that, yeah, the, the story's a little lackluster. Um, there are some, it, not that it's bad, but there's, there's some stuff that shines through. But the, yeah, ag- again, Todd McFarlane is just so much fun to read all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not interested in the story after our summary, I'd suggest like picking it up and just thumbing through and seeing, see kind of like what we're talking about with the storytelling through the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jolie, what do you yeah. think? Oh, yeah, I love it. Well, <laughs> I didn't like the story, but the art... Um, Again, whenever we end up talking about his storytelling, I'm like completely amazed or like spectacular. Um, 
yeah. <laughs> it's, what? I'm out. I'm done. Anyway, nothing. <laughs> Josh, did you catch that? No. I'm an idiot. I have to go home. Sorry, guys. I'm done. What? I was you joking. You said I'm not amazed. I said you're spectacular. Anyway, okay. Oh. I'm going home. I was anyway, like, you are all just, but you are yeah. home. Well, it was we're wasted. all just not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't listen to the spider cast. I'm on the spider cast. No, it's okay. Nobody does. Don't worry about it. Anyway. Shout out to you, Paul. Anyway, sorry, sorry Jolie. Yeah, Jolie. I'm so sorry. There are parts where the panels are darker around. Mm. I love it. The yeah. story yeah. is stupid. Mm. The story, do you know what? Everything we said is accurate, and I agree with all of it. The story is, yeah. the story is like fine but we want to see more jackrabbit Wes there's is your hot. next coffee uh, yep there's your next coffee mug jolie um jackrabbit be super fun to like design what jackrabbit's superhero costume could be like they could even like make him like an agent of shield or something and just give him like some sort of like helmet that's got like antennas that kind of look like rabbit ears no. or something you know no, what i mean just, like they could do dude just construction pants construction boots open shirt <laughs> Elmer Fudd shirt. <laughs> Crop top, short shorts. With short flowers shorts, on them. Yeah. I, yes, that's, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you imagine if it was the crop top, the shorts, and a bunny helmet? That's pretty good. Just give them, give them some, like, gamer headphones with ears. Gamer headphones. But. Like Joe Lee's, like literally Jolie's Jolie's got, Jolie's yeah, but, but with like, bunny ears, yeah. Like, um. Like a Midoriya from My Hero Academia, a bunny hood. Yeah, oh. he kind of does have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, um, uh, Mike's but- like, quit talking about anime <laughs> on my Spider-Man podcast. <laughs> uh, Bex Luthor, do you recommend this issue? Yeah, I re- I liked everything with Wes and everything else that I didn't like at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it is interesting to read, so I could rec- recommend it on that. Okay. Except why Sandman looks so ugly. Can I just, yeah, before he's we very move goofy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, can I just Jolie. point out that he's like, he's got a lot, he's got more magic than Doug Henning. Doug Henning, noted Canadian illusionist and mm. politician. Mm. Like that, ah. can we talk about obscure references, please? Wow. I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't get that. <sighs> I didn't get I, that either. Well, I had to Google it because like, like most of the references that Pete makes or Spidey makes, I have to Google them. It's like, <laughs> why would you make a reference to Douglas James Henning? <laughs> I don't know. Was Art- it topical at the time? Uh, maybe. He was like pretty popular in the 70s, so. This is 88, but yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm looking at the the trivia on the the wiki, and it just has says that he references Robin Williams, but not this other guy. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to talk about the spectacular Spider-Man number one forty, which is titled "Rendezvous with Death." On the outside, on the inside, it's titled "Kill Zone." So we start off with <laughs> Joe Robertson in the hospital. We get this awesome shot of Spidey um, clinging to the wall outside of his hospital. Uh, you know, bedroom, whatever. And, um, basically he changes, Spidey changes into Peter Parker and rendezvous with, uh, Ben Urich, the reporter from the daily bugle. 
whom we all love. And um, we cut back into, and they, they're they kind of chatting about what had happened in the last issue. And basically, Ben Urich suspects that Peter Parker has some secret information that um, Joe is going to share with him. And in the last issue, Peter did get the tape the with the information on it, but he's not admitting that to Ben Urich. Then we cut back into the hospital, and we see that Tombstone, who last issue broke Joe Robertson's back, is now standing above him, his hospital, like, is standing above his hospital bed. I don't know how he got in there, but not only is he kind of, like, scaring him and intimidating him, but Joe Robertson is trying to be tough while he's on the hospital bed. He's like, I'm not afraid. You can kill me. And, and Tombstone's like, not afraid, huh? And then I love this part. He leans down and whispers into his ear and the bubble with the dialogue is not even legible. So we don't even know what he said to scare him. Mm-hmm. And then the, the camera just pans out and we see Joe Roberts laying there in the bed with his back broken. It's really cool. So then we cut over to this um, like street somewhere, um, like a, uh, a pub. We see some uh, people being thrown through glass window, being uh, like, like, smashed out onto the street and dogs running everywhere and then we see a group of toughs beating up someone we don't know who yet then we turn the page we see that it's spider-man and sal buscema does his version of jack kirby's famous thing where the hero swings his arms around and all the bad guys go flying i love it <laughs> and so basically spider-man's trying to find out information about who ordered the hit on Robbie Robertson's life, right? But he's not getting any information. Someone tries to pull a gun on him. That person ends up getting shot by a mysterious shadowy figure. We don't know who it is yet. Now Spider-Man is going to have to chase down the shadowy figure and figure out who it is. So he's chasing him, chasing him, chasing him. Then we cut over to the arranger and um, he... Oh, sorry. So um, we cut over to the Arranger, then all of a sudden Spider-Man is in the office with the Arranger. Last issue, the Arranger had given Spider-Man information about where Robbie Robertson was. And now Spider-Man's pissed off because he's like, well, it doesn't matter because Robbie Robertson's half dead now. His back is broken, right? So Arranger is basically like, well, I've got you on tape and now I can use this against you, so you better get out of here. So Spider-Man smashes the TV screen, jumps over all of Arranger's goons, and it just takes off, basically. Then Arranger goes back into like this hidden back room and we see this guy who they've been kind of like sort of torturing and like basically this guy who is eventually going to become the persuader who has the ability to sort of hypnotize people and make them do his will they're trying to force him to sort of work for him right then we see the tombs we see tombstone with your ranger and they're chatting it up and blah 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 and then we cut back over to Robbie Robertson, who's with his family, who uh, he gets visited by Peter and Mary Jane. And basically, when he's left alone with Peter, he tells Peter to destroy the tape that Peter has, that Joe Robertson gave him, that basically is evidence that all along, Tombstone has been a hitman for the mafia. So it's basically giving uh, testimony that could be used for, for the police, but Joe Robertson does not want peter parker to use it and peter parker doesn't think that's right so him and mary jane leave the hospital but as they leave the hospital we see a shadowy figure hiding behind a door in the hospital right we don't know who it is but it's probably the same guy from earlier and then we see this shadowy figure uh make a phone call to peter parker he's like parker i know about the robertson tape meet me on liberty island one hour alone so then spider-man goes to liberty island and 
you know, he's getting attacked by someone. It's probably the guy with a net. And uh, oh, then the guy runs down the stairway of um, the Statue of Liberty. He's chasing after him, chasing after him. Oh, he sees him. He's running, he's running. Oh, then we see a white boot, a black spandex costume. Who could it be? But the Punisher. It's the Punisher. Black hat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically the end of the issue ends with a confrontation between Spider-Man and the Punisher. And we should point out the story is written by Jerry Conway, the creator of the Punisher. So at this time, Punisher did not have his own monthly title. So it was still kind of a big deal to see him teamed up with Spidey. So yeah, that's where our issue ends. And yeah, I think this is a great story. The continuation of the Joe Robertson uh, tombstone plotline that's been going on for a few issues now. And I loved it. I love the art. Uh, Josh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, the story's pretty good. Um, I feel like... It was a little bit slow for a bit. Uh, I do really like the stuff with Tombstone and Ravi. Like him showing up in the hospital was like super intense. Great scene. Um, And then after that, we're kind of just following Spidey for a bit, trying to figure out what's going on and like weird hints that this is the Punisher or like who this guy is. Like Spider-Man didn't see him at all right but still he goes hmm something familiar about that guy it's like what was familiar right (laughs) he he had a gun in his hand like yeah (laughs) like he shot somebody hmm something familiar uh Uh, but yeah it's it's pretty good the the art is solid um again though i feel like because of the last issue this one feels a maybe the storytelling feels a little bit more slow because it's kind of like traditional comic book Mm. panel layout. But I think it's just because we were spoiled with like the interesting stuff uh, with McFarlane in amazing, but, but not, uh, yeah, again, I don't think it's bad. I think it's just kind of like back to the status quo. Right. So Mm. um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I'm definitely excited to see what's going on with tombstone and why Punisher is here. Okay, uh, Bex Luthor, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I like this one too. Um, just the whole aftermath of Robbie is is interesting, and um, I think it's funny that it takes him this long to realize it's, it's the Punisher. He's like, hmm, who would try to save me and then try to shoot me? I don't know, maybe it's the guy who shoots people. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. the one guy you know who kills people with a gun. Mm-hmm. Um. It's Frank. There he is. My boy. You know, it was a pretty solid issue. Um, kept, keeps the plot going forward. The whole stuff with Tombstone in the, the hospital is great, like you said. It actually genuinely gives you a sense of, of fear. Um, I do love the Spidey kicking everybody's butt in the bar scene. Right. That's great. Um, man, the arranger sucks. Every time he's involved, I'm just bored. Like, just cut yeah. him out. I don't care. I don't care about the Arranger. I don't care about fucking Royland yeah. Rayburn and the, the two issues where he becomes the pursuer and then never talked about again. I don't care. Right. I love how they... Tr- about this guy. I, I love how they try to make arranging things cool. Like, he, he says something like, that's perfect. Everything's falling into place just how I arranged Arra- them. Yeah. It's like, come on. I'm, Someone come on. punch this guy in the teeth. Come on, this sucks. <laughs> 
Or Everything like, is going probably, according like, to plan, right? <laughs> anyway. Kings was like, I wish he wasn't so good at arranging things because I hate him. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks so much. Yeah. yeah, I think at one point he's like, I don't do any of the dirty work or the fighting. I'm just here to arrange things. I'm like... <laughs> And I'm just here to spit in your face. Shut up. <laughs> Hate you. <laughs> Annoying. <coughs> it, yeah, and Frank Castle's busy, like, shooting random people. Why don't you shoot him? He's doing stuff. Like, whatever. <laughs> also, God. shout out to Mary Jane for wearing a miniskirt to the hospital of their friend who's in a coma slash paralyzed for life now. Good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then she kisses him, and he's definitely unconscious. Girl, hers, his wife is right there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> it was okay. It was. It was definitely not as fun to read. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not like amazing is like sort of like light fun, and this is like trying to get mm-hmm. really serious, right? I mean. Yeah. 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 It, it definitely is taking itself more seriously. Um, mm-hmm. and like the story is kind of goofy, so it's, I don't think it's as fun when like a goofy kind of premise tries to take itself too seriously. Um, unless wait, it's wait. played for laughs. What? what are you, are you saying an albino hitman, <laughs> uh, with no nose is silly? Like, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. He's got um, shark teeth. Don't forget the shark yeah, teeth. Yeah, and shark teeth. Like, come on. Right. Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of like... And he's eight <laughs> feet tall. Yeah, exactly. And he was eight feet tall in high school. Um, right. And he looked like a 35-year-old man in high school. I don't know. Um, to me, this is one reason I love artists like Sal Buscema, and I guess you could say Todd McFarlane, is the freaking cartoonist. Like, when you're reading this comic, you feel like you're reading a comic book. It's not... One of these, and I don't want to criticize modern comics, but they take themselves very seriously. And this comic book, at least it looks like a comic book, right? So Tombstone looks like a comic book character. And maybe that's why you shouldn't take it so seriously. I don't know. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, the story is trying to maybe be a little too, like, rooted in reality Mm -hmm. and, like, grittiness. uh for it being a something i mean not, not that it it's too far but i think i just enjoyed it a little bit less because it's trying maybe a little bit to push towards mm-hmm. that like realistic gritty story so gi jelly what'd you think of this one um i i didn't mind the story i don't have the strong feelings about the arranger that becca has but <laughs> i'm I'm a good, loyal friend, and I will hate whoever we need to hate today. Mm-hmm. That's how girls be. Yep. So I will spit in whoever's face <laughs> I need to be spitting into. Um, uh, he's just at Ranger so smug. And, like, he's uh. he's got, like, a, you know, I don't know. He's just, anyway, he's got, like, one of those country club looks. And right uh the story is decent the art is okay i used to like really love salvashema okay however we're saying it today um but like there are just some 
I feel like it's rushed a little bit, maybe. Mm. Uh, there's just some like weird, weird poses that we got. Um, maybe I'm, well, maybe I'm confusing it with the other, with web of, but uh, it, it, there's just weird poses like from the backside. Why would you do that? Um, but then we get like really cool stuff, like when he's repelling off of the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. um, where you see it's like one big panel and you see successive Spider-Men swinging across like it's yes. like onion skinning. It's really cool. Yes. I I like seeing stuff like that. And uh, all the while he's having his like Robbie Robertson thoughts. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, he does. I, I am confusing it with Web of where the art was weird. Like or it was the, a little the yeah, it was sloppy. Weird. Um, because his spidey poses are dynamic, uh, in this issue, I should say, but they're dynamic in the way that they're typical, like how to draw the Marvel way typical, like yes. one leg up, one leg down, S pose, uh, arm out, always moving. And, uh, it's, it's kind of paint by numbers at this point when we have been, like we said, treated to the buffet that is Todd McFarlane. Well, I should point out that the How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way was drawn by John Buscema, who's Sal Buscema's brother. Mm -hmm. So Sal Buscema was probably looking over his shoulder. And I know exactly what you mean. And that's what I thought about Sal Buscema when I was a kid. It was that I always liked his art, but it felt like Marvel 101, but like in a dull way. Like he's doing it, but he's not doing it with any heart. But now that I'm older, I do love his, I love, love, love his art. But I do see that sometimes he just falls back on the same um, tropes over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And of course, I made the mistake of seeing that on Twitter and I was attacked. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to talk about that. But, um, you got attacked for having an opinion on Twitter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Fabian Nazieza wants to kill me. Anyway, okay. So, um, yeah, but I still love this issue. I still love the style. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really liking the storyline, so I think it's working out for me. And it, it's funny. When I talk about, like, comic book tropes, even, like, the whole thing about the Punisher, like, standing in the doorway and, like, the you know, all in shadow and, like, and then on the phone in shadow. There's so many other ways that Salby Sema could have done it. Like, if he would have just drawn a hand or would have just drawn a mouth. But the fact that he drew the whole body and then was like, oh, shit. I gotta make sure this is this is mysterious. I gotta color them all black. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. Uh, so I just have like a, a few thoughts about the whole story and like introducing the Punisher. It's weird that they would introduce the Punisher to me, mm -hmm. um, and I will tell you why. Uh, I'm used to the movie Punisher because I don't read Punisher in the comics. I just, like, you know, he's not super-powered. He's just, well, I mean, he's super-powered by vengeance and <sighs> the need for vengeance, like some other superheroes, but mostly he's super-powered by that and also guns. Um, so it just seems, like, weird to pair up such a violent character with Spidey, in my opinion. Well, can I just give a quick counterpoint that Punisher first appeared in Spider-Man. So technically, he is a Spider-Man character. I, yeah, I think also, too, at this point, he's not really a superhero. Oh. 
You know what I mean? Like he's, I, I think he's more seen as like vigilante like bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Every day um, is a school day for me. So yeah, I think <laughs> even even in his own comics, like he's he never does the the like lawful thing or the mm. thing that is like morally right. He's always on the vengeance kick. Like I don't mm. think he's from my i'm sure i'm sure there have been times but for the most part he just like doesn't spare anybody who is who is a bad person it's like immediate death right so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, that's why we love him yeah so i think he's always kind of a bad guy and whenever they team up it's kind of like spidey has no other choice got it so yeah they basically team up so because punisher is going to kill the bad guy doing the bad thing and peter is like no we must just capture him mm-hmm. so they have to go together because he's trying to prevent frank from killing somebody yeah so uh, that definitely deserves it. it yeah i think uh you're right though it is kind of like the opposite of what spider-man is but mm-hmm. at times i think it's the point of the story it might mm-hmm. not be necessarily this case but it's usually to kind of show the juxtaposition of like Spider-Man is using his powers to do the right thing and take these people in, even though he might want to like get revenge. Sometimes he he and he's always kind of struggling with that in the comics, where Punisher is like the complete opposite. Right? It's it's the the other side of the coin, where it's like I've got the power and I'm going to take it into my own hands and bring these guys to justice in my own way. Okay. Cool. So and yeah, you're you're bright though. A lot of the times, they don't do a good job of necessarily like making that duality part of the story, and they kind of just have look at this cool, fun character we're gonna have Spidey team up with. <laughs> so fun, yeah, cool and appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for clearing that up. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess there's not much else to say about this issue. I'm super excited about it. Um, you know, I, 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 of course I read this as a kid, but I still am excited to see where the story goes. And I love Sal, our pal Sal. So I don't know if there's anything else to say about this one. Did I have, do we want to just give recommendations? Cause I definitely recommend it. Uh, Josh. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. It's, it's pretty good. I think maybe, um, after seeing more of what's going on with tombstone, I'll kind of like, I'm sure that this will be like a solid recommendation for like the tombstone Robbie arc. Mm-hmm. But this one I thought was, yeah, it was okay. It was pretty good. All right. G.I. Jolie. Uh, yes. I, I recommend it. Hmm. All right. Bex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Robbie and tombstone stuff. Yeah. The arranger stuff. Absolutely not. Literally. If you have a physical copy of this, just like exacto knife those panels out and you'll have a way better time. Yeah. Have to look at this stupid smug, like, why don't they just make it the kingpin you know what i mean like it doesn't make yeah. any sense because kingpin is busy being upset that daredevil doesn't want to go out with him anymore <laughs> here's my question is a ranger is he in the daredevil tv show he's probably like in a background character because like probably it's the same way that owl was right actually oh sorry no he is he's playing by james wesley oh so, is he the hot guy i don't know <laughs> In no. Daredevil? Dare... He doesn't really look like the arranger from the comics. But I guess the question is, if this arranger from this comic was played by a live action actor, who mm. would play the arranger? Let's play a little game. 
Oh, I know who it is. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. He's in so many things. James uh, Wesley, right? Who? Oh, I think he's attractive, but I can see why you wouldn't. Oh my god, Wait. he's like a character actor in a bunch of things. I have, <laughs> I have him in my head. I don't know his name. I'm looking it up now. Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski. How come I? What the heck did I just read? James Wesley. He's the oh. actual. That's the Ranger. character's name. Oh. Oh. You're you're still talking about the fake one? Okay. Who's the guy you're talking about? What's his name again? Steven Tobolowski. T-O-B-O-L-O-W-S-K-Y. He is the arranger in my mind. Okay, hold on. Let me see here. Steven is with a PH. Oh, the guy from Groundhog Day. Yeah. And and Garfield. Yeah. Garfield. He's a hero. He's in in so many things. Garfield. (laughs) He's in Spaceballs. Yeah, you know what? You might be onto something. I think he's like the per... And he's kind of like dorky. Got that punchable face. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like he can... I can see him delivering the like everything's going according to plan as exactly how, how I've arranged it. Like, I don't know. He's he's got that like he could be like a CEO that's just like universally hated. He could play that character for sure. Yeah, like a or like a hedge fund, mm. a hedge fund manager who also <laughs> arranges on the side. Yeah, that's where I know him from. Freaky Friday. Oh yeah, he is at Freaky Friday too. Yeah, he's he's in so many things. Mm-hmm. He's just like a character actor. I, I love him in Community too, in the episode that he shows up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, and he was in Californication, one of my yeah. favorite David Duchovny TV shows. Memento, X Files. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's he's a good actor. Yeah, I like him. Oh, he would he's the arranger for sure. Yeah, in our made for TV Spidey. He's the arranger. Love it. He's arranging my heart. I don't think he's been in the MCU yet either. Oh. There you go. Huh. You hear that, Kevin Feige? Get on it. Don't sleep All right. on this man. Yeah. So I guess that wraps up another episode of Here Comes the Spider-Cast, eh? I think that's I it. I think, I think that's it. So, yeah, kind of business as usual. Spidey coming at you every week. We're reviewing every single issue from the 80s. Um, I want to thank G.I. Jolie and Bex Luther for joining us. Don't say you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> and Josh. Sorry. <laughs> you're already on to something else. And Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for yes. listening to the podcast. Uh, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. Or you can uh, chat with us on Facebook or Twitter at Comic Book Syndicate. You can find us anywhere podcasts are put. Um, let's. Uh, put your, wherever you put your podcast. Wherever you put your podcast, that's where we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> okay. Uh, until next time, see you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>